just want to say from the bottom of my heart, I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. The double champ does what the f he wants. What it do? It's your girl Monica. Welcome back to Cold Blue and Bullshit. I got my boy here, Darrow. My boy. <laughs> Thank you guys for tuning in. We really love and support y'all and everything that y'all do to keep tuning is in for us. So we are taking a little bit different approach. We are also recording this episode on our YouTube channel. A couple nurses check us out on that that way if on youtube you don't really like dealing with listening to us only you get to actually see us as well yeah so today we're going to be discussing some tips and tricks on how to land new admins whether it's an rrt a transfer post-op let's go well let me ask you first what do you think is the hardest type of patient to land do you think new admits do you think transfers what do you think is harder out of those two Honestly, it just depends in the situation and in the state that the the condition that the patient is being transferred in, right? For example, I've had a really sloppy RT landing and I've had a really crazy hectic trauma one um, emergency surgery kind of patient to where I had my patient for one minute and literally surgery team came by and took them within like minutes and I didn't even know that they had emergent yeah. surgery. So I think it really is just that that's a hard question because every scenario is different, but yet you can compile all the experiences together on how to improve yourself as a nurse, but more importantly, as an ICU nurse. So for me, I can just share a few of my experiences. Uh, man, so I had an RRT and before they had got there, the, the, the day prior, the patient that was in that room went, you know, DNR, they were part of STA, they delivered their, I mean, they donate, not delivered. They, they, what's, what's RRT mean? So a rapid response. Mm -hmm. So they came, they were already in the hospital on a, on a different unit and they came because um, altered mental status. They started to become... The classic. You know, they, they start, they're, they're, they had trouble breathing. Um, so that's something like that. They needed to be emergently intubated, et cetera, et cetera. But prior to them, what I was trying to say is that the room that was there prior with the other patient about a day ago... Um, was an STA patient. They had their organs that were being donated. Mm -hmm. And so the surgery people took that patient with all of the materials in that room, which I didn't know of, guys. I, I mean, I didn't have that room assigned to me. They took all the material with them, and it's still in the OR. So meanwhile, I get a call from charge, and they're like, hey, you're going to get a new admit. And I was like, cool. I was like, you know, tell me a little bit about him. And he's like, well, it's an RRT. XYZ, this is happening, I don't know much, but they're coming up in the next five minutes. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, holy hell. I was like, okay, cool. So I go in there, we have a great team. So one of my coworkers, she's helping me fill the room and then another tech is coming in helping me fill the room. And so we're all just like really working together trying to get this. Um, I look at the monitor, literally no cords, none whatsoever oh, at all. And I was just like, you gotta be freaking kidding me. I call RT already, made sure that they had the vent. Like I kind of had a little stuff ready. Um, patient comes in, they start aspirating. I had no suction in there. Oh, man. The thing is, it's an RRT. You but know, you, you learn through situations like that though. Like for me, I've landed a couple patients early on where I didn't know that I had to call a respiratory therapist if they were being transferred with a vent and all that stuff. So. I'm in the room waiting for like 10, 15 minutes. 
you know, you're supposed to call respiratory whenever you know you're getting your patient. So those are things you learn. You know, they have a suction in there. Like, that's basic. Yes. Ambu bag, basic. Absolutely. But now, with that experience alone, um, I've gotten really, really good at if I just have one patient and I know I'm going to be expecting another another admit, whether it's trauma, post-op, uh, transfer, some, some, something. Well, when I have, you know, once I get caught up or even every ever so often I go check, I say, okay, what's in the room? Do I have my cords? Do I have an A-line clip? Do I have an A-line cord? You know, do, do I have a bear hugger? Because if you're going to get a trauma, you know, let's say gunshot wound or auto pedestrian, like, you know, you need to start thinking of this, these things. And these are all, um, these are all just clues and tips that I've gotten literally from all my experiences. And so now i literally assess the room and make sure that everything's in there but as i mentioned before when cordero asked me you know what kind of situations i've had it's so different because i've if if you have an open if you're open for admit and you know you can check and you can control your environment awesome but let's say you got two patients Mm -hmm. you know you you discharge one of them and then the other one comes in RRT literally five minutes, you know, within five minute gap after, you know, you getting this mini report or knowing that you're getting an RRT. That's a little bit different. That's yeah. it's, it's all scenario based, but I have definitely learned how to lay my patients and I'm getting so much better at it every single day. And like I said, I'm super thankful for the team that I work with because they do, they set you up for success. And not only that, but the stuff that I learned from so many other nurses is making me be a more uh, just self-sufficient nurse and it seemed like in a way you just turn like you're just snowballing like all this knowledge is just like like you're rolling down a hill like just getting bigger and bigger <laughs> yeah absolutely i think some very basic things that no matter if it's a new admit or if it's a transfer or a patient you know post-operation that you should ha- always have blood pressure cuff a brand new blood pressure cuff pulse socks <laughs> yonker the suction canister, uh, CHG wipes, especially for new emits. So you get a really good skin assessment when you use the CHG wipes of the orange ones. Have you seen those? The CHG. Yeah. So you wipe them down. When you wipe them down, you're able to really look at their skin. Sometimes people don't get a good skin assessment in. And then it's on your unit if there's they came in with the sore. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I love that you said all that because, you know, your girl is a skin champion. What, what? Skin okay. champion, <laughs> So I'm part of a UBC for the skin champions, and so I'm huge on skin assessments. What else should we add? What do you mean? What else, what else is very basic? Did I miss anything? Honestly, I am the person. New I need my Ambu bag. New gown, chucks. Ambu. My priorities are Ambu bag, suction canisters, y'all. Ambu bag, suction canisters. When that patient and lands. pole socks, dude. I missed the pole. Like, I had to admit four or five days ago and it took me like 15 minutes to notice that the patient had a pulse ox like i was like i was like i was like it was a covid positive patient i was like i was like what am i missing you know you look at the monitor and you see everything i'm like hmm the rt came in and they were just like what's the set so i'm like oh skirt that ain't never happened to me (laughs) i'm not gonna lie no but the thing is we didn't have the cord in the room so, you know, the cord that hooks up to the monitor, we didn't have the cord. So usually when you see the cord and it's empty, it kind of prompts you to. Right. Yeah. That's then. why, that's why with my first example, when I literally did not have shit in the room, 
now that is the first thing that I look at in my room. You get burned once. Yeah. See, our hospitals are a little bit different. We have these little carts that we can put supplies into. And um, typically the, the techs are responsible for taking care of that portion of the setup. But do they always do it right? Absolutely not. You have your all-stars and you have your not-so-all-stars. So I always get in the habit of checking that. And sometimes, honestly, I just grab that by myself, go in the supply room and fill it with the things I know I'm going to need, especially if I've gotten a good report from the nurse, um, if it's not an RRT situation. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, most definitely. So some takeaways that y'all can learn from this is definitely assess your room. <laughs> Uh, once your patient comes in on the floor, make sure you got your ambu bag, suction, and at least two IVs that actually work. Yes. <laughs> and Cordero is absolutely right. Have your, uh, you know, your skin things, your gown, your wipes, your leave-ins, your foam dressings, um, IV starter kits, all that good stuff. Because you just really never know what you're going to get, especially with your RTs. Um, for me... Another challenging experience I had that I think was a little bit more challenging than the RRT is getting a, like I said, that trauma one um, patient that was just actively bleeding and they came post, so I had him for like 10 minutes and then they took him to surgery and once he landed on the unit, I had no orders, zip. This guy's waking up, he's intubated, he's going that shit crazy and so that experience um allowed me to learn okay this is your scope of practice you're an icu nurse go pull some fentanyl push out you know what i mean yeah. ask the doctor say i'm, I'm pulling out xyz if a fentanyl is just okay and they're gonna be like yes that is that is why it's really helpful to know your doctors and know your drugs know your doctors know your drugs and most of the time you kind of know the cocktail that your doctors will go for mm -hmm. like, pretty generally um, Absolutely. You know, if the patient's intubated, a lot of times in our unit, they're going to have fentanyl, Presidex, propofol, Versed, something that's sedative and then something for pain. That's something like very basic for our floor. Now, Monica, she has, she's on a neuro floor, so some of the things that, that they do is a little bit different. A lot of their patients aren't as sedated as ours. No, that's not true anymore. I would cut that out because our floor has turned into a sick, you know. But when you think about you being a neuro floor, it's the neuro patients that you have aren't sedated like that. I mean, yeah, I guess. Also, what's very important is communication. Communication between your team, communication between you and your charge, communication whenever you get reports. So if a patient's transferring and they've been crashing and you hear that where they're coming from ED or another unit, that they're on, you know, 10 mics of Epi and a lot of Levo and they've gotten like two boluses in your mind, you're thinking, okay, this patient may need a central line, you know, or if they're getting a bunch of infusions or may need a lot of infusions. So I like to kind of already have some of that stuff bedside, like the central line kit, everything for the doctors, their gloves. So that way you're not running back and forth or don't have to ask anyone to run back and forth. At the end of the day, it comes down to communication. So you have to ask these questions when you're getting report and talk to the doctor to know if he knows if the patient's coming or not and see what he may want in the room with him. What situations would you have a patient coming from another floor on an epi drip? On an epi drip? Yeah, you just said epi. I mean, if a patient is crashing on another floor um, and then ACLS, you start epi. Mm, okay, gotcha. <clears throat> Anyways, something that I've really taken away also is it's it sounds silly and it's super common sense now that you think about it, but let 
the first call physician know. <laughs> if, usually first call for us since it's a residency hospital, let them know that your patient is there. That took me, I don't know why it took me so long to realize. I think it was just, I was more so, I was more concerned with the actual patient and trying to care for them and trying to be in charge of everything. And that's on my personality because I sometimes feel like I'm responsible for the whole entire care, which I am, but you also have a team and you need to utilize your resources. But as soon as that patient lands or as soon as they're on their way, call call the nurse practitioner, the PA, first call resident. And if those aren't any of your options, then just call the damn doctor and let them know like, hey, my patient's on their way. It makes things so much smoother because then they're already there as soon as they land. They see the state and the condition that the patient is in at that time and you get your orders so much quicker. It's a really good tip. Thank you. I hope you pretty much summed it up. Absolutely. Yeah. So, hope you guys enjoyed the video. Check out the podcast. And until next time, peace out. Peace. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Code Blue and Bull. We hope you enjoyed it. Please leave us a rating and review if you haven't already. Send any questions or comments about ICU or nursing life in general to codeblueandbull at gmail.com. We just might feature your question in the next episode. We will continue making dope content by sharing the raw, unfiltered view of the life of nursing. You guys continue to learn, stay strong, resilient, and most importantly, take care of yourself. Until next time, peace.